Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath, coming to you from Hawaii, and I'm here with my very best friend and a comrade and colleague, and I'm so grateful we get to do this together because, you know, really the love we have between each other is a really wonderful thing. And I, I tell you that feeling that deep of a love with another person, they're a good friend or they're a colleague or they're a family member, doesn't matter. It's like you feel that feeling of love. And this person I'm talking about is Judy Sedgman coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's much colder than it is in Hawaii. But, uh, you know, when your heart is warm, you don't care. And I will say that one of the people with the most beautiful feeling for life and the most beautiful heart for people that I know in the world is Christine Heath. She is wonderful. And I'm grateful too. Well, we're, we're uh, birds of a feather and that's why we flock together. <laughs> you know, what we're going to talk about today is love. Now you might think that, well, why would you talk about that? Well, because in psychology, they don't talk about it much. It doesn't, isn't something that people, it's an end product, I guess, to feel love for somebody, but it's not really the tool that people use to help people to have better relationships or to get along with themselves better or to, you know, handle the stresses in their life. But what we do that's totally different from psychology, and I, I never even really thought about this till right the second, but we really help people to awaken to feeling that feeling of love. Because innate health, wisdom, it's all part of the same energy. And that's the word we use for that feeling when it comes through us cleanly and, and not distorted with our own negative thinking is love. So you feel love for all kinds of things. You love your job, you love chocolate, you love your dog, you love uh, the person in your life that you like to hang out with. But that feeling of love is something that's deeper. And then it kind of comes through us and we start to see in our life things that look beautiful to us, things we feel connected to, things that we have joyful feelings when we're doing it and around it. But that feeling is within us. Love isn't something that comes from the outside. It's a, it's a feeling state that when you're in it, people can feel there's something different about you. Judy was just talking about her family and, you know, that feeling of love that that we're in sometimes comes across in different ways. It can be like, 
oh, very serious and tender and loving. And sometimes it can be like matter of fact, like, you know, uh, yeah, you know, that's what's happening. And yes, I love you. And, but you're, it comes in different forms, right? It's like in different ways, but it is the power that heals. It is the power that brings us together. It is the power that fixes a problem in any relationship. And yet we spend very little time in therapy or in counseling actually talking about what is love and how do you, how do you know when you're feeling it? We're trying to get to it. It's like the goal. Like if we could fi- stop fighting, then we can feel love again. But instead of trying to fix what's wrong, we want to go directly to what it is we're missing, what we're looking for. Wow, that's a great point. That, you know, going directly for to what we're looking for as opposed to fixing problems is the whole difference between what we do and what I've understood traditional psychology to do among clients that have talked to me about it. Because I think problem solving is pointless. Because you try to solve a problem, the, the real problem is the person's not understanding how life works not understanding how how their own thinking works, not understanding human nature, not understanding the force within us that would would set us free if we would find it, touch it. And um, so well, if you just take the person as they come in and believe them, it's like I've, I've had so many clients. I, I worked in a center for a while that, that a lot of our clients were people in abusive relationships. It was a women's center and, is a place where women came to find solace and help. And that's often what they needed solace and help with. And, I, you know, women were always surprised when I didn't want to talk about their husbands or their boyfriends or whoever was abusing them. And they would like, you know what, that's the problem. You know, it's like until I met this guy, I was okay. I'm like, well, maybe not, you know, maybe you just didn't know how how insecure you were until you got in a relationship like this. But that's, I don't, the past is over, so you can't do anything about that. And I would say, you know, what do you, what do you know about yourself? You know, like, what did you bring into the relationship? Well, they, they have no, they, they can't even grasp that question. You know, they would, they would go like, what do you mean? I mean, you know, met in a party and started dating and, then we got married, and then I had a kid, and you know, it's like all about external things. Now, the truth is that I really wish that this is something that was taught to kindergartners because they already know it and they're very close to it. Be very simple, but we teach people away from it because we start teaching little kids who are just naturally loving and forgiving and full of joy and wonder and enthusiasm you know and I did an example of that as I was I was always I remember wondering when my daughter was born the first thing that I noticed when she was just a tiny baby like the day after she was born is when the nurse handed her to me she kind of gurgled and had this little sweet expression on her face and I thought how does she know it's me how does she know? You know, how, how, I mean, I could just be another nurse. But, you know, there was a difference. And the nurse said to me, well, all the babies know. They know who loves them. And they feel love. They're born feeling love. And I, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. 
that's a, that's as much thought as I gave it. But you know, I remember having that thought. And then when I learned the principles, I thought, oh my God, that's that's the answer. Is that we come naturally into the world in this beautiful feeling of appreciation and love and feeling safe and comfortable in our parents' arms, and and then we learn our way out of it by you know, looking at the outside world to prop us up because that's kind of the world we live in, that those are the assumptions that are made. You know, oh, did that little boy hurt your feelings? Well, I'll go talk to his mother about that. You know, I don't I don't think, I, I can't remember a single time in my childhood and my parents were wonderful people that they ever said to me, Just brush it off. You know, it doesn't, it's not personal. He's in a bad mood. Or he's just, you know, he's just having a lot of negative thoughts right now. Just, you know, let leave him alone for a while. You know, <laughs> that never, that isn't part of our, our thinking. And yet the truth is that everybody, even people that are acting horrible, have within them the capacity for finding peace and finding that unconditional, neutral, not personal feeling of love inside of them. But we don't point them there and I think that that's a, that's the most important thing that we can do it's funny because when people start to focus on coming from love with the other person they start to see the innocence of the other person and they stop thinking about everything they've ever done that to drive them nuts to be mean to do whatever and they start to quiet down in their mind and they start to see a different partner, a different child, a different mother, a different sister. And literally it's like the person changes. And what you see is coming from that feeling in you. And that's, that's like the real you. The rest is just the thoughts you've kind of picked up along the way and stored and pulled them out and put them on your eyeballs. But love, when we come from love, like frequently I'll ask my clients, you know, people, couples that I work with, I'll, I'll say like, okay, what would, how would you handle that if you came from love with them? What? Like, how would you handle it differently if you came were in a feeling of love? Well, I don't feel love for him right now because he's being such a jerk. I said, yeah, he is. So based on what you understand about love and about thought, what would cause that? Oh, you mean he's really insecure and thinking a lot? I go, yeah. Okay, so what does that have to do with you? Oh, hmm, interesting. You mean I don't have to be thinking about everything they've ever done and what they should be doing and why they're doing it? No, that's way too much analysis of them. It's not your business. Your business is finding that feeling of love in you. Now, not love for him, but that kind of impersonal love where you see what you that that's what you are, and then you start to live in accordance with that. You start to set boundaries. You start to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to live in this, you know, negative relationship. Or, wow, have I been doing a lot to maintain the negative 
activity in this relationship. You start to see for yourself what you can um, clean up because frequently people come in. And let me tell you, every couple I meet with, the, the couple thinks the other person in the couple is the cause of the problem. And now they, I know, I know, but they do this and they mean this and they're constantly thinking about what the other person is doing rather than coming home and realizing, okay, that thinking is not going to help me. I need to come back into the moment and quiet down and my wisdom will tell me what to say or do here. And as you do that, you start to see that you could be having like a lot of negative thinking about them and you're like really upset with them for what they're doing and they're not doing that at all that what you're seeing them do is really coming from you. Or if they are doing things that put you in danger, you wake up to that like, oh, hark, my life is in danger. I need to take some steps to protect myself here, right? Because when we're living at the same level of consciousness that is so negative, we can't see it. It's just like living in the fog and you never know when the other person's going to come out of the fog and, and whack you. You know, you never know when all of a sudden it's going to get crazy. So you got to let the fog rise. And then you can see like, oh, no wonder I couldn't see what to do. Then you can move forward because you're feeling love of life. And you see that living in insanity is not about love. You know who, who is the best person that said this is, remember Sally Jesse Raphael? She was like the first uh talk show kind of host back in the day. Some of you that are listening to this were not born yet, but she, uh, she had these big red glasses and she would interview audiences and people would tell their, their relationship. There were always these bizarre stories, you know, and I remember she, she would look at them and, and say, look, there's more to love than in a, there's more than love in a relationship. You have to have sanity too. And that's true because you can love somebody and feel love for them. And that can be true. But if you're living in an insane state of mind or the other person is in an insane state of mind and they're not safe to be around, you have to like love the person from a distance. You know, like that's the thing. You can lose your love for somebody, but you may not want to live the rest of your life with them. And that's, that's the choice we have when we start to see that love isn't a commodity that's in short supply. We have an everlasting vat of love that's inside of us. You can't lose it. It is the energy behind life, is pure love. And, and we, when we talk about that kind of love, again, we're not talking about it in terms of relationships. We're talking about people being at peace, people being comfortable in their own skin, people being awake to what other people's feelings and states of mind are, you know, people being uh, happy no matter what. I mean, that's kind of the, that's our, our purpose in life is to have clients come to peace with themselves, come to peace with life, find the peace within themselves, the beautiful stillness, before they start getting into their personal thinking, find that and find that that is their strength and then use their wisdom to find their own answers. We, we can't tell people what the answer is, but we can tell them what the problem is. <laughs> we know what the problem is. 
It's not the other people in their life. It's not their job. It's not their car. It's not their kid. It's the fact that they don't, they haven't gotten back in touch with their heart. And when I say their heart, I mean deep down, this quiet, calm, confident, still feeling that I'm okay. It's all okay. I'm going to be fine. I just need to be quiet and listen. And when you listen for wisdom, wisdom always guides you. And, you know, I had a client recently who, you know, just intuitively started thinking, you know, I'm kind of stuck in a relationship that isn't working out for me. And there was, the details don't matter, but that thought was nagging at her. And she decided she needed to end it. And it, it was now, and then she got insecure and started thinking, well, oh, nobody else will ever care. And I never love anybody the way I loved him and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, I said, you got to tell the difference between wisdom guiding you and your insecure thinking beating you up you know, <laughs> and holding you back. And I said, now I can't tell you that, you know, which is which, but you can feel it. I'm just going to tell you that know the difference between the feeling because when wisdom is talking the kind of feeling we get is kind of like that sigh of relief you know like oh yeah you know that just makes sense when you get a wise thought that's really guiding you in the direction you need to go in life it comes from that love that pure um you know innocent simple love you you just feel it as yeah. Okay. That. That's that. Yeah. I. Yeah. It makes sense. It's very ordinary. You know, when you're mm-hmm. overthinking things and you've got a million reasons for this and a million reasons for that and all these conflicting ideas, that's not wisdom. <laughs> that's that's your memories churning around in your mind, trying to push you here or push you there or try try this, try that. And when you get that feeling, that's agitation, frustration, sadness, low moods, whatever you want to call it. That's not wisdom. And that's a warning sign that you need to slow down. You know, not that you need to make a decision right now. (laughs) It just means that I need to slow down until I get back in touch with that. And if you don't know that that's there, you don't know to get back in touch with it. You know, love is an interesting thing because we all know we want to live there. I mean, that's kind of the what fuels our search for happiness. It's what drives us towards addictions because we're looking to feel better. And so when we're looking to feel better at a given level of consciousness, it may look like, oh, I should go get high. It may look like, oh, I should go have sex. It may look like, oh, I need to have a relationship. But that's just the illusion that thought creates when we don't understand how the principles work. And that's why in, when we work from the principles, we're, we're, we're like big on love, like the feeling of being in that consciousness. You know, it's like you're just, it's like consciousness is an interesting thing, but you have awareness of the energy of life as it comes through you. That's kind of what feeling love is. And as it's always coming through you, as long as you're alive, you're good to go, right? Like you don't have to 
like wait for it to come. You just have to wait for your negative thoughts to go away. So what happens when people fall in love, it's like they got nothing on their mind. They feel, they meet somebody, they have no thoughts about them. They're not stressed out themselves. They just happen to be in a good state of mind and the other person happens to be in a good state of mind. And, and while they meet, they come together and they have a beautiful feeling, but they think it's about the other person. So as time goes on, they start thinking. And then the thoughts that they start to collect are negative because their mood drops or they get insecure or whatever it is. And, and suddenly that person doesn't look like they're making them happy. Looks like they're making them upset. So if you made me feel love and happy, and now I'm not feeling love and happy, it must be your fault too. And so then we get focused on having the other person change so that we can come back to ourselves. Well, you see why that's ridiculous, right? You have to come back to yourself because that's what you are, is that feeling. That's, that's what we're trying to say here, is that when you're in that place, love, you have a lot of common sense. And your wisdom will come in and tell you, you need to stay away from this guy, or you need to stay away from this woman, or you need to get a job, or whatever it is. You know, it's like your wisdom, you know what to do. And if you get quiet and you listen to that, then you'll see how to get yourself out of situations that are scary and hurtful without fear that somehow if you leave that relationship, that somehow you'll be like, you know, at the edge of the earth and having nowhere to go. It's just the beginning of your life to find that feeling of love in yourself. And then you don't know what's going to happen. You just got to keep playing it by ear. Yeah. And that's the other thing is trusting that if you can get back to that feeling, you can play it by ear. You don't have, you don't need a playbook. You don't need a rule book. You don't need, you know, a technique. And that's, that's what we call wisdom. It is really is playing it by ear. It's like, uh, you know, when you hear that, whatever you call it, the still small voice or the sudden intuition or whatever we call that feeling that brings with it an answer, uh, that's always available to us but not when we're thinking hard. And so as you get used to living in that state, you just naturally don't worry about what you're going to do next. You just don't. I mean, I just you just go through the life moment to moment. It's like I mentioned uh, that I went to the symphony today, and I uh, this young man sat down next to me, and he was his it, first time at the symphony. So and he's like probably 30, I would say. Anyway, he's a good 50 years younger than me. <laughs> so it wasn't that kind of thing. But he was so excited to be there, but he really didn't know what to expect. And so he said to me, uh, and I'm, do you go to the symphony a lot? And I said, oh, yeah, I've been going to the symphony. I love symphonies. I've been going for years and years. And he said, well, um, so, you know, uh, he, he was having trouble figuring out how to how to figure out what was going to happen by looking at the program, because there's a lot of stuff in a symphony program, and you have to kind of find the page with the, today's list in there and everything. And then he wanted to know what, what was the movements, you know, like, when you're supposed to clap in between. And, and so, you know, I just was chatting with him about the symphony. And 
the guest artist was a was this incredible violinist. I mean, just incredible. And so this young man was just enchanted. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, I am so lucky. I had no idea what the program was going to be today. And it turned out to be this violinist. And I love violin music. And I can't believe I'm so lucky. And he had such a beautiful, I mean, he appreciated everything that was going on around him. And, and I, and I, always feel that way. Well, I kind of always feel that way. But anyway, so we had a nice chat. And then at intermission, he said, do you want me to watch your purse? Do you want to go walk around or something? I'll watch your code for you. I said, no, I'm fine. You go ahead. And he was just so kind. And he was just a nice person. And so when I got up to leave the symphony, he said, I'm so glad I met you at my first symphony, because it's really been enjoyable. And you've been very helpful. And I said, well, I'm so glad I met you because I love to see people enjoy their life. And so that was it. But I was thinking to myself, that's kind of how life could be if two people are in a decent state of mind and they understand that their happiness is natural to them. And, you know, they feel gratitude and they feel appreciation and they're not afraid to talk to strangers and they're not they're not scared to admit that they don't know something and ask for help. And, you know, and they're generous spirited. And these are all natural feelings that human beings have in a loving state of mind. Everybody knows about that feeling of love because otherwise we wouldn't be looking for it everywhere. We just get lost looking for it outside of ourselves rather than seeing that it really is who you are, what you are. That's that I remember when I was doing a group of, for women, I, I had this insight. It was really powerful. I was talking about the, this new understanding that I was learning and, and, and trying to help my group see that they had innate health. And, and then I said, out of my mouth came, you know, like in church, they say, God is love. And then I went, holy crap, that's a feeling that's inside of me. Oh, holy crap. I didn't ever realize that that's what it meant. And they're like, oh, wow. But there was something, of course, I've said those words, God is love, God is love many times. I never really got it that that was a feeling in me. That's what I was, right? And that's the power of this. That's why songs like "All You Need Is Love," and and you know, it's like people love those songs. If you listen to to me, the Beatles were totally inspired because the most of their songs were such great stories of love and how love works in the world. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for. Is when when if you you go in for marriage counseling or family counseling. And they're not talking to you about how to feel more loving with each other. Look around, keep looking. Because it's not about fixing what's wrong. It's about learning how to come back to that feeling and discover that when you're there, you got nothing wrong with your relationship. Yes. First place to look in your own heart and soul. And then you'll see the world differently. So, well, we wish you love and happiness. And thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you it, soon. Especially during this, this holiday season, no matter what holiday you're, you're celebrating, just see if you can come from love. Just see if you can stay there. 
make that be your your goal for the holidays. You'll enjoy them more. Lots of love, everyone. Aloha. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 